Good afternoon. Welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast from the Del Norte County Office of Education and Del Norte Unified School District. I'm Jeff Harris, the superintendent, and in the time it takes you to sit and have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea with a friend and have a conversation, we want to share with you some interesting things that are going on in our district and in our county. Today we have some great guests joining me. We are talking about early childhood education, and the entire month of February is really going to be about servicing our youngest members in the community. So joining us today, we have Melody Mitchell. Melody is the director for the Del Norte Child Care Council. Welcome, Melody. Thank you. Glad to have you. Thank you so much. And Angela Glore, the executive director for First Five Del Norte, at least for a little while longer, Angela. That's right. Thanks for having me today. And then we also have Lindy Holloway. And Lindy, you may have rec- you may recognize Lindy from being on here before. Lindy is our early childhood education coach for the County Office of Ed. Hi, thanks for having me. And then also joining us is Tom Kissinger. And Tom is the assistant superintendent for educational services for both the county and the district office. It's good to be back. All right. So let's talk a little bit about early childhood ed. So last week we talked with um, Debbie West and Jen Eames, and uh, we talked a little bit about the early start. Um, you know, Trish Wraith, who also does our, our, our zero to three, our youngest children, as far as a special ed teacher, um, was saying that that a lot of families need some support. Sometimes they don't reach out. Um, Debbie was saying that we typically serve between 40 and 50 kids with early start. Now we're down to about 20. So um, last week, the ask was, if you're concerned about your child, reach out, get some help. But Angela, you were talking just before we came on about another service that families can access for their youngest Yeah, that's right. If you're a little bit concerned that your child isn't meeting milestones or maybe you don't know what the milestones are, uh, there's a really easy thing for parents to fill out. It's called the Ages and Stages Questionnaire. And it asks really simple questions like, can your child stack three blocks? Uh, And simple things that you can do with toys to see if your child is meeting milestones. And if they're not, it can... uh, offer activities to build those skills. And you can get help for doing those ages and stages questionnaires. It's ASQ for short at the Family Resource Center of the Redwoods. And do you have the do you have the address or the phone number to share? Sure. The phone number is 464-0955. So the ages and stages questionnaire is pretty interesting because that was one of the questions that came up is what what if I'm a brand new parent and I don't know what my child is supposed to be doing. I, I remember when my wife and I had our first um, we were looking at what to expect when you're expecting right? yeah. <laughs> the book. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, thank you for that, Angela. I think that will give folks another, another option, another avenue. So let's talk about zero to three. So the four of you in here really support families with young children. Um, and what our families typically hear about is daycare and preschool. And we've had a lot of conversation in our community about universal preschool. We want to be the first county in the state, the first county in the nation that offers a universal preschool to our families. Um, but what is the difference between childcare? Because I know we have some outstanding childcare providers and a preschool. So anybody just jump in and take it. So um, one of the things that differentiates family childcare from preschool is ratio. 
So a preschool classroom might have um, 28 plus students there and uh, daycares, a small family child daycare is eight. Mm -hmm. And then a large family daycare is 14. So your educational um, experience is a lot more intimate. Um, Most of the family child care providers in Del Norte County um, offer preschool out of their daycare homes. And that has recently just changed. So although we, what you said earlier about um, there really are some stellar daycares, there have been some amazing daycares out there for a very long time. But we did learn recently over the last five years that there um, are a lot of daycares that were not offering any type of a quality preschool in their homes. And because of many programs that have um, embraced early childhood education in our community, we have um, learned that we can offer those programs to family daycares. So um, I'll let Angela talk a little bit about that when it's when when she has the mic. But um, our family daycares have really embraced some of these programs and are offering um, quality um, preschool programs right out of their daycare home. So to answer your question, Jeff, the difference really is ratio. That really is what the difference between a preschool classroom, a child care center, or a family child care home. So, so families shouldn't be too worried about whether it's a preschool or a child care. Correct. Right. Especially if those daycares are enrolled in those quality programs. Right. And so when we talk about the quality programs, Angela, I know you've, you've worked a lot around building the quality programs. And I'm just saying that because I know Angela has kind of under first five, she's funded a lot of that work. She's done some of that. And Mel, you and, and Linda, you've been involved with this, with the trainings and everything else. What, why is it now of better quality? What, what's changed in the early childhood realm? So one of the things that has changed is that at a statewide level, uh, both the California Department of Education and First Five California really recognized that uh, in order to bring equity to early childhood, we really needed to raise the quality of all different kinds of preschool education and preschool experiences. And so they funded a lot of work around building quality, which here has meant that we've been able to bring in a lot of training that both preschool teachers and home daycare providers were able to take advantage of. And so their skills got better and broader, and that helps every child that there is in there. Can I add to that? Absolutely. So the um, most of the community has heard about the 3Re23 initiative, mm-hmm. and that platform allowed us to interview families, educators, and family daycares were involved in a lot of those interviews. And that re- the work that came um, from that study and those empathy interviews and um, really truly understanding what's going on in the homes of children and family and family daycares as well really gave us a, a, a snapshot of what's happening in the home. And because of that, there were a lot more opportunities that were brought to our community um, in the field of early childhood. And for Lin- daycare providers. For daycare providers, yeah. And Lindy, I know that you're providing a lot of services for the daycare providers for our preschools and training. What what does that look like? How how is it a little bit different than I mean, because your your actual position right now um is only what, Angela? Two two years? Oh, I'm not funding anymore, so it's it's <laughs> no, 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 all but, you. <laughs> but I, I know it's all but but I mean you you kind of came up with that that idea. We started talking. So what's it been, Lindy? Two, three? Um this is going I'm going into my second year. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's two years already. So I can't believe that. <laughs> I know it's been fast. <laughs> it has. But it but what what a great 
addition, I think, to what's going on just around the county. So, so how are you working with child care providers with preschools to, to kind of increase the efficacy and efficiency of these programs? So I offer a lot of professional development trainings, and um, some are based on just early childhood in general, and some are based on um, preschools or home daycares. Um, and I also find that the difference between a preschool and a daycare is just the environment. You can be in a preschool classroom and it looks like a classroom with centers. You go into home and you're getting the home environment. So it's a nice choice to have between the two. And um, I just spend a lot of time just listening and helping them. They get to set their own goals, what they want for their classrooms or their daycares. And um, I just get to help them find those resources that they need to make it better for themselves and their kids. And not only do the daycare providers and the educators appreciate Linda, Lindy, the littles absolutely love it when Lindy comes. <laughs> I love the littles. <laughs> well, one of the things I can tell you um, from my experience is that the the teachers and staff at, at some of the programs really enjoy it because what Lindy helps them do without, you know, it, it, in a non-heavy-handed way is really helps them look at the things that they could do differently that could have more of an impact on the kids. Um, to to be able to, how do you communicate with a two-year-old? How do you communicate with a three-year-old? How do you get them to respond to something? And I think oftentimes staff may not be aware of how to do that, but for her to know what to look for and how to present that in a way that's non-threatening to staff really helps the staff grow and develop and serve our children better. We have been able to bring in a really good program called CEPHAL, the Teaching Pyramid, mm-hmm. and it's a social-emotional, and um, most of our preschools have taken the classes. A lot of our daycare providers have, and we even have a parent strategy part going now, too, so there's a lot going on with social-emotional. And that was, I was going to add that as well, is um, what has really evolved over the last you know decade, and specifically the last five years here in Del Norte County, is that family child care now is... A, they are embraced now as an early childhood education environment and experience for children. And that's really developed and changed over the years. And it's because of programs like the Quality Care Counts program and and CEPHAL training. And we really feel that um, family daycare has been embraced and um, encouraged with the professional development. Well, you know, and that's what I was going to say, Mel. It, it was... <laughs> Well, you said five years. This is my sixth year. So my first year here, we were having a lot of these conversations and we were talking about the the siloing of a home daycare, of a preschool, of a private preschool, of a district preschool, of a Head Start. That's kind of, I, I'm not going to say it may, it, not all gone away maybe, but but by and large, there's not that kind of siloing that happens. There's a lot more collaboration. Absolutely. We have the the um, the district meetings that uh, Lisa Howard hosts, mm-hmm. and it is all encompassing. Whether you're nonprofit preschool, whether you're a tribal preschool, Head Start, family daycare, all directors are embraced and getting the same knowledge and training opportunities as well. Well, and 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 that's good to know because you know we we had talked about that on the county office side. You know, part of my job as the county superintendent is to provide services throughout the county, and so making sure that we're as a, as the school district, we're one of the largest employers, and we've got more resources. And it's one of those things where we've talked about, you know, we we need to work smart together, and and by breaking those things down, I'm honestly. I, 
I knew it was going on, but it's always good to hear too. <laughs> when I do um, surveys after my professional development, ask them what they enjoyed the most. And most of them will say the collaboration with other educators. They don't, they don't, haven't had that before. So. Because otherwise it's a lonely job. Very. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, you're with kids, but. <laughs> but everybody benefits from the research and, and. And how information is brought and 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 shared with them. So Absolutely. I think it's a great thing. So something as simple as sorry, I just got to add this. Something as simple as offering a training in the evening or a weekend. Right. That's what I'm talking about. That's how our community has really come together and supported early childhood education and and um, training opportunities. And um, it, not everyone. Um, especially for daycare, um, we don't get professional development days where they can close right. and and uh, participate in a training. So to have those things offered to them in the evenings and the weekends just shows you what kind of collaboration has really developed in our community. So along with kind of that collaboration piece, and I mentioned it earlier about being the first county in the state that had universal preschool, you know, how's that going? Because I know that the district runs early Head Start. We run uh, state preschools. Plus, we also run a district-funded preschool at Smith River. We've talked about opening other district-funded preschools, but we also know that there are a variety of folks that are out there doing some great work. How are we set countywide on preschool slots? Because, you know, one of the things, again, I'm going to go back five years that Mel was kind of talking about. We heard, I'm on a waiting list. And they were on a waiting list in perpetuity until they got into kindergarten. Um, how are we set for slot? I think um, preschool slots are doing fairly well. We have openings in most of our preschools quite a bit at the time. Um, the infant toddler program is where we have a struggle with getting some more needs met in our community for the zero to three-year-olds. Absolutely. Uh, most most families choose a family daycare setting or um, a, what we call family friend and neighbor, which is a license exempt experience um, for those that zero to three age. Mm-hmm. Um, so those that is really where we're hurting. And and our daycares are um, full with the zero to three slots. There's not a lot of openings. I'm wondering if you're saying that there are slots for our program. I'm wondering if transportation is the issue. I'm not sure. I don't the I know the zero to three, the this the EHS for sunsets mm-hmm. full, and I know the one on um, that the college the NCS is full, but um, the preschool it's I don't know I don't know if it's COVID this year or if there's other things going on, but we have quite well, a few openings. Well, I think <laughs> um, I think one of the issues is that um, so many programs the state preschool programs are half day, so for working parents that's really tough because yep. what do you do in the middle of the day when your child is either getting out or has to get to preschool? It means that you still have to have daycare or something for that other half of the day. And so I think that is an issue for some parents who, and then they have to find something different than that. Right. And the only district program that's full day is Smith River. Yeah. You know, so. For district. And then um, for Little School of the Redwoods, they're full day. And I believe... Foursquare is full day. Foursquare is part-time. Part-time. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to have an after-school program, and they don't anymore. Um, so, yeah, things have changed. Well, COVID hasn't helped. No. No, it, no, it has not. Absolutely not. not. We, we have unanimous agreement there. Thank you. Our work is done. <laughs> well, what's, what's really kind of um, unsettling about that is that if 
there may be people who have dropped off the grid or, or, or people who aren't commu- we're not able to communicate with, and we could have children who really need services. So the I think our effort has to really be in not only maintaining communication with families, but figuring out ways to communicate them that, with them that we might not have thought about before to get the parents and get the children in so that we can serve them, but also see if they need additional support as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the things that First Five has done over the past few years that really served us well when COVID hit was that two of our programs require no in-person contact at all. So parents can sign up at birth uh, for the Dolly, for Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. So they get a free book mailed to their home every month. Um, and that really helps because our library is closed, but this means that kids are still being read to, and that is a huge thing to get kids ready for school. And then the other thing we do is we have, um, the ready for K texting program. And both of these, you can sign up on our website, delnorkkids.org. They're both free, but, uh, ready for K sends three texts a week with really simple tips for parents so that they can, be working towards those milestones and supporting their child's learning, but it also puts connections to community services so parents know where to go for help. And that's huge, Angela, because that that those tips, they're not these lengthy things and they're not uber academic, right? Right. They're texts. It's a text. It's 140 <laughs> characters. Uh, and uh, and it comes, you know, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And it's just little things that parents can do while they're making dinner or while they're matching socks in the laundry or, you know, getting their kids involved in day to day tasks, but learning along the way. I do notice that um, when we're talking about openings for kids, there is a requirement for a lot of our programs, an income requirement. And I wonder sometimes if parents don't think they qualify, so they just don't apply. So it'd be nice. You know, I always tell parents, we can always tell them no. We can always say, we'll find you a spot. We're working. You know, we have other options for you. But um, I think just getting the word out to parents to just put those applications in. Right. Well, and so let me ask you this. So if I'm a parent today... And I happen to listen to this podcast. My friend hears it and says, hey, I heard this thing. You might want to go get your, you know, put your child in in preschool or child care, whatever. Is it too late? I mean. Absolutely not. Because you know what you see a lot of folks do is they think that their enrollment is the same as school. I've got to do it in August. If I miss the August, then I'm done. So, Mel, you're saying no. No, absolutely not. So Del Norte Child Care Council is the resource and referral hub for childcare and um, we refer parents out. So if a parent comes in and says, I'd like to put my child in preschool, we can give them that information. If a um, if a parent comes in and, and says, I'd like to enroll my child just in some type of a social emotional program, I would like to um, offer my child some type of socialization, we can offer those programs as well. Um, enrolling in state preschool, I'm not going to answer for the school district. That's Lindy's job. But most uh, licensed um, facilities and licensed family child care, you can enroll in at any time. The other great thing about um, family daycare is sometimes you don't have the traditional working schedule. And that's another plus about uh, choosing family child care is you can use um, non what we call non-traditional hours for working parents. And some of the uh, tribal head starts run year round. So even in the summer, it's not too late to have your child get that little bit of preschool experience before they start kindergarten. I actually don't know of any preschool, even the private preschools, that don't take enrollment all year long. 
you know, because they have kids leave. And so they take if they have a waiting list, that's they'll take off of that, too. So knowing that enrollments are open pretty much year round, regardless, right? What are the requirements? So what are the requirements, Melody, for for when when folks come into your program and say that I'd like to enroll my child or if they're coming into a state preschool or a Head Start? What what does that look like? So for family child care, every family child care home is their own independent business. Mm -hmm. So they'll have contracts with the parents. Um, But basically the criteria is, um, you know, the age of your child um, because of ratio, um, you know, X amount of infants, toddlers and and school age children. So um, they would come into my agency. They would sit down with a resource and referral community educator and they would get a list of available child care providers that meet their criteria. And it's really a, a group effort between the parent and the provider. So no real income qualifications. Not to choose family child care. Now, if they are, are interested in our subsidy program, which is um, a program that helps parents pay for uh-huh. their child care uh, for parents who are working or going to school, then yes, there is income guidelines for that. Okay. But, and but again, that's, an op- that's an opportunity though for families. Oh, absolutely. And again, I want to echo what Lindy said is some parents just don't think that they qualify. You know, I, I'm going to be over income. That's not always the case. And we always have an ongoing, we have an open um, waiting list. So if, um, and depending on, you know, if you, if you have funding for, for 20, 20 slots and you've got, you know, 18 parents on that list, and you know, two enroll and then five drop off. It's always fluctuating without the um, within the year. So a family might not they they might come in and they might get on the waiting list and maybe they're ranked at number twenty. Um, that can change overnight. And so we always encourage parents to come in and and apply, even if it, they don't get all of their subsidy paid for. Sometimes there's partial payments. There's parent fees. There's uh, we have six different funding silos to help parents pay for childcare. Wow. And and you know what? For as long as I've known you, I didn't know that. That's a question I've never asked. I mean, See? I haven't. That's what partnership yeah. and collaboration does. That's right. So what what are the income qualifications for the programs in the district? Well, there's the state preschool programs and also the EHSs and the um, Head Start programs all are income-based. Mm-hmm. So you have to qualify income-wise. But um, it's the same with her. They could be number 20 this week and next week something could change and they could be right at the top of the list. It's all free. Once they get in, it's free, um, child free preschool for the kid. And I think the only Tom, when we've talked about the Smith River program, because the Smith River program is funded with um, the local control and accountability plan dollars for supplemental and concentration. Yes, it is. And supplemental and concentration has to go for low income foster and English learners first. Yep. So that program out there, our, our low-income foster and English learning families get the first, um, I think, shot at that program. But then after that, are there additional criteria or is it just open? Well, I, I know that, that there is that original criteria for, for those students who, who fit the, um, who are in the targeted subgroups for, the, for, the, for local control funding formula but then it does open up to other families if they want to um if they if they want to come and participate in the program they can do that as well too and i know that when we first started that program um and covid has interrupted all of our lives but when we first started that program parents could either choose to do preschool in the morning or a full day or they could just have more of a a play-centered afternoon is that still the case lindy um, it will be when we open up again. <laughs> right now they're doing a part day. Okay. Um, and it's hybrid, but it will open up. Okay. 
And I would just like to add, I believe that all I I'm pretty sure all of the tribal head starts can take some people who are over income to fill their slots. So even if you think that you're over income, but you are a tribal member, it is absolutely worth checking. So this is a much longer podcast than normal. Um, and we do need to wrap it up, but I'm going to ask just really quickly, I'm going to ask you, Angela, to talk just briefly about why early childhood is important. That's always something that people say is, well, do my, does my child really need preschool? And then Mel and Lindy, I'm going to give you guys just a quick opportunity to tell folks where they can reach out to actually get more information. So Angela, is early childhood really that important as oh. far as it? <laughs> childhood is so important. So 80% of a child's brain develops by age three. And that means that every experience that that child has in the first three years builds a stronger brain, a brain that's better ready to learn in school. Uh, it, it just sets a child up for success in so many ways. So reading to your child every day, it's going to build their vocabulary. They're going to be more ready to learn to read. They're going to learn to talk faster. Uh, we think that children are just sort of wired to start talking. Well, they are, but the wiring isn't connected yet. And it's talking with your child, reading with your child, singing with your child every single day that wires the child's brain. So those first three to five, three to five years, it's 90% of a child's brain development happens in that time incredibly critical. Well, thank you, Angela, because that's, that's really critical. You know I mean? We've got a lot of folks who say, you know, I just want them to go have fun until they're in kindergarten, not really understanding the, the essential, I think, um, way that it sets a child up for success later on. And, and again, I, don't get me wrong. I don't, some, some families are great with that. Um, but just having that ability to, to expand and be enriched even more, I think would be huge. Jeff, if I could just add along with that, and again, uh, when we talk about the importance of children being in a in a learning environment when they're zero to five, for 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 children zero to five to be able to be in an education focused environment where they're learning and their brains are growing and developing, I think what's so important is when parents have questions about how. Are, are their kids developing as, as quickly as they should be? Um, are, they, are they meeting those milestones? I think it's so important that if we have questions about that, then we know where to go for help. Because when you get early intervention, it, 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 is, it is worth so much. Absolutely. Tom, you're so right. And the other thing that you get in a learning environment is you, you get other kids. Right. And one of the ways that kids learn, especially those social and emotional skills, is by interacting with other kids. Right. And so especially if you have an only child, which I do, uh, getting them into a setting with more children is really important. And, and the beautiful thing is that can all happen through play. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and we could we could continue this conversation a thousand different ways, but we need to co go ahead and cut this one. So, Mel, how can they reach out to the um, uh, Child Care Council? So you can reach us by coming into the agency at 212 K Street from 10 to 2, Monday through Thursday. We're there in the office. You can reach us at 707-464-8311, or you can hop on our website, and we're there. Uh, we have access via email. Perfect. And Lindy? 
Um, if you want to go to the state preschools, district preschool, you can, or even um, Early Head Start and Sunset, you could go to Two Trees. It's on the corner of Harding and El Dorado, and they are open from 7.30 to 3 every day. And then um, some of the outlying preschools, they have uh, they have websites that they can go to, the tribal preschools and the Head Starts, and they can always contact me here at the district office if they need help finding that, or Melody has that information at Child Care Council. Perfect. And Angela, you had talked about um, Ready for K. How can they sign up for that? So right on the front loading landing page of our website, delnortkids.org, is a link for both uh, Dolly Parton's Imagination Library and Ready for K. Perfect. So it's as easy as sitting down in front of a computer, clicking a few buttons and opening a world of new and exciting for your whole family. Well, thank you all for joining us. I really do appreciate it. Um, Thanks for the extra time today and um, all the best. Thank you. Thanks, Steph. Thank you. Thank you. 